When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. It's Canty and Carlin, but there's no Canty or Carlin here on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel, filling in for the guys along with Courtney Cronin. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. I would call it a successful weekend for the NBA between the All-Star festivities on Saturday, the All-Star game last night, and still a bit of a quiet time before games pick up later this week. But because it's the middle of the NBA season, we just had the trade deadline, meaning now it's time for the buyout market and some of those other players that could still potentially be on the move. Kevin Love, he gets bought out by the Cavs. Now he ends up in Miami. And one of the more interesting names who was traded by the Lakers at the trade deadline was Russell Westbrook. Well, he's been bought out of his contract and looks like he is going to be reuniting with Paul George, as Adrian Wojnarowski reported earlier today, that Westbrook is heading to the Clippers, and he had a very specific role kind of carved out for him by Ty Lue and the brass with the Clippers. Does does Russell Westbrook still move the needle for you, Courtney? Does, do you think that he ends up being somebody who could be a difference maker for the Clippers as they try to really make that push towards the finals, because they really haven't factored in for a number of different reasons since they've acquired Paul George and since they've acquired Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I mean, as a consistent player, or somebody who's going to play more than just, you know, when he wants to, i.e., like, not like what Kawhi's doing right now, <laughs> the taking load management to an extreme, maybe. I mean, I, he's shooting 30% from three right now. If that's an area that they want to improve, I don't know if you're improving it all that much because we kind of know what Russ's game has become up until this point of his career. And I remember when the trade went down and he got sent to Utah, uh, at that time we were all thinking buyout market, buyout market, and the Bulls were a team that was trying to get in on the mix, reportedly one of the favorites to land Russ, and this was more than a week ago. I'm not surprised to see the Clippers do something like this. And, and again, this is not finalized yet. You know, a team that's fourth right now in the Western Conference, they made a bevy of moves, if I remember correctly, like right up until the trade deadline happened two Thursdays ago. I just don't know as far as like what his role becomes on this team. Maybe reuniting with Ty Lue will give him a more refined approach. But is he coming off the bench? Is he going to end up starting? Like where where does he fit in here? That's the answer that I want to find out before we know truly what the fit's going to be. I, I guess I I just assume he's going to be coming off the bench. And the one thing about Russell Westbrook that you, know, you can criticize him for that jumper. You can, you know, he hasn't hit enough threes in his career. The one thing the dude does is play hard. And if you bring him, if you just set the expectations, he understands the role of, hey, you're going to come off the bench and you're just going to be, you're going to use that motor and you're going to go for five to 10 minute, you know, little five minute spurts throughout the course of the game and maybe play 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I think that could end up working for the Clippers. Now, whether that's good enough in a stacked Western Conference to get them over the top and get them a finals appearance, I think that remains to be seen. Brian Windhorst on first take earlier today, ESPN senior NBA writer, 
he believes that Paul George is a fan of this move because, well, he's a big supporter of Russell Westbrook. I have to say there is probably no bigger supporter in the NBA of Russell Westbrook than Paul George. Paul George, who formed that bond with him uh, when they were in Oklahoma City. If you remember, Paul George had all kinds of teams all over him ready to pull him out of there. And at midnight on July 1st, he and Russ said, I'm st-, he said, I'm staying with you, Russ. So he eventually has to be traded, but don't ask about that right now. Uh, Paul George, as soon as Russ was traded, began advocating to his front office. He wanted Russ in a Clipper uniform. And... Look, the Clippers, as you mentioned, Courtney, they're sitting in that four seed, but they're only two games out of potentially being in the play-in tournament. That's how stacked up the Western Conference is. They're so far nine games out of that number one spot. They need to be playing good basketball down the stretch. I've, I've always been a fan of Russell Westbrook just because, again, I like how hard he plays the game. Again, that reckless abandon certainly has hurt him, and the game hasn't necessarily aged well as he's gotten to this point in his career. But I'm, I'm rooting for this to work because the more teams that end up being good in the West just makes it that more interesting to watch the playoffs in the Western Conference once, the, once those start in 21-22 games. The more I think about it, the more I look at what this roster currently is, what's no longer on the roster, and that, of course, John Wall being part of a trade back to the Houston Rockets. That was that three-team trade that also involved Memphis, and then he got waived three days later. They don't have a traditional point guard on the roster, but I don't know if they necessarily need one. I mean, certainly Terrence Mann in the starting lineup at the moment has kind of like assumed that role alongside Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Moore Sr. Like, there's a pretty good rotation that they have right now, and I think adding Russ into that mix and having him come off the bench will be vital to what they want to do in order to kind of give him some redemption here. You know, I, I think that the Clippers certainly are in a better spot than the Lakers to contend in the West. I don't think a single person is arguing that. But I'm glad that Russ doesn't have to go far. I mean... Remember, LeBron brought him out to the Lakers. That was the guy that he wanted. Did it work out? No, not at all. But it really, like, the declining play of Russell Westbrook, how much of that can you blame on him? How much of that can you blame just on the circumstances of what happens when somebody like that loses an edge of their athleticism? They knew this was going to happen. And I just think that the overall vibe for him with the Los Angeles Lakers the last couple years it felt like this moment was coming and now for him to have a chance to go to a legitimate contender in the West I mean the Clippers quietly climbed to the four seed this season and in a fashion that you know was pretty intriguing to watch he's have how they did it you know where Kawhi was in and out of the lineup now that you have somebody who doesn't necessarily have to be inserted into the starting lineup as like a true point guard. I don't think that they're going to obviously want to do that, but you can make him the six man. You can give him control of the second unit and then, you know, like do things differently than the way that they had done with their guys off the bench. And of course, you know, you've got Eric Gordon now, you've got Bones Highland. Like they made a lot of moves the last couple of weeks, and, and I think those are moves to signify they're going all in trying to contend in the West. Yeah, I like that point of maybe just kind of letting him run that second unit. And with the injuries that you've had at different times with Paul George, but more notably Kawhi Leonard, being able to stagger their minutes a little bit, 
and having somebody like Russell Westbrook being able to go out and just run things with that second unit, give you know a little bit more time on the bench for Kawhi Leonard, that certainly, I think, is going to be a good thing for the Clippers moving forward. But you also brought up the idea of you know maybe being able to get a little bit of that revenge, and Stephen A. Smith also talked about that earlier today on First Take. Russell Westbrook is in a position, not to say that'll be his mentality, but he's in a position to exact some revenge, man. <laughs> he's in a position to say, you know, I'm still in L.A. I don't have to relocate. You know, <laughs> I'm still going to the same arena to play basketball at night. And, oh, by the way, I'm on a better team than I departed. I love it. Yeah, much better team. The Lakers are still fighting to get into that play-in tournament. Maybe the Clippers fall and they're in the play-in, but the Clippers are going to be a postseason team. Nobody is doubting that. He's in a much better situation than he is now, and the Lakers still have very much an uphill battle in front of them, and... I'm not that concerned about the the hand injury that LeBron sustained in the All-Star game last night, Mm -hmm. but it always just seems like there's something little going on with the Lakers. And we continuously talk about the Lakers, and the Clippers just fly under the radar despite having the much better team this season. They're 10-4 and over the last month. They're fourth in the Western Conference. Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. So... Adding Russell Westbrook in, I don't think it's a volatile move, and I don't think it'll shake up anything that they have going on in Los Angeles. I think that it's honestly a really good situation for depth. I mean, at worst, he's at worst he's running your second unit, he's your sixth man, or even further down the bench. I think, though, he'll still be able to contribute at a very high level. They made a lot of moves. They're going to have to figure out everyone's roles here the next couple weeks, and that's going to be fun to watch as the other team that they share the building with in, in Los Angeles, I guess, tries to figure out the same. I know LeBron said yesterday that the next 23 games are the most important of his career. Yeah, because if they miss out on the postseason, then he very very well could be gone from there in a year. Oh, without a doubt. I I think LeBron could be on his way out from the Lakers because they just, since they won that bubble title back in 2020, they just haven't been able to stay healthy and figure out what pieces work around Anthony Davis and LeBron James, where the Clippers, they also haven't been able to be healthy, but they've got a deeper team. So they're able to go on runs and able to win some games when Kawhi Leonard or Paul George isn't available to them on any given night. I, I really think that Russ, I'm I'm with you. I think Russ is going to have a game in the postseason where it's going to be vintage Russ and they just kind of let him go. Do I think that's going to be overwhelmingly what ends up happening? No, but I think he has enough in him where he ends up having that at least one game in the postseason where you go, yeah, that's who Russell Westbrook is. That's the former MVP. He, He can't do it on a consistent basis anymore, but that's where having him come off the bench is going to be a good thing for the Clippers. Now, again, given what the Suns have done and a lot of what they have depends upon the health of their top stars, including Kevin Durant, including Chris Paul, for the Suns to continue to climb in the West, but it, it just makes things a little bit more interesting. The, the West is so much more interesting than the East, where I think it's just kind of three teams battling at the top, where, I mean, the Golden State Warriors are number nine right now. If they end up getting healthy, would it shock anyone if they end up going to the finals out of the Western Conference? There are so many teams that are alive in the West, and this just helps the Clippers, even if it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit that helps the Clippers going forward. Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. 
Excited here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Gabe Neitzel, Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys as we are joined by ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins uh, here to talk a little bit about the education of Kendrick Perkins, which is a memoir going to be available tomorrow. Exciting. And, And Perk, you've had such a fascinating life of 18 years old, making that jump to the NBA and and playing in the league for a decade plus, getting that ring, now working here at ESPN. You've got a podcast, all these different things. So kind of two-part question here for you, pal. One, what made you decide that you wanted to write a book? And two, I see you on TV all the time. When did you have time to write a book? (laughs) Well, that's why... (laughs) I did a co-author with Seth because you, can you imagine how long it would have took me to actually write the book myself? Just, a, just imagine how long it takes me to actually talk, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it takes me a while, but, you know, it was it took me a year, man. It was a year of hours of Zoom calls and, and conversations and actually going doing do research myself into my whole heritage and, you know, my my grandmother, grandmother, and things to that nature. So <clears throat> what made me want to do it and tell my story is the fact that everybody know me from being a force on, tele- uh, on the basketball court, the TV personality now, but they didn't know what got me to this point. Like, they didn't know that my mom was shot and killed by her best friend when I was five years old. Like, the people don't know that my dad wasn't in my life, that he moved to New Zealand. Like, people didn't, don't know that I was raised by my grandparents when my grandmother made 40 to $60 a week. My grandfather made $350 a month, and we stayed in a home that my great-grandfather built for us, that the ceilings were six four and a half, six five. that I was almost too big to walk into the house. So I wanted to give people a chance to know me, where I come from, my journey, uh, the organizations that I played with, my time in those organizations, the Hall of Famers that I played with, uh, my relationships with them, how I watched them, what I learned from them, how why, why I know why they're great behind the scenes, um, and also the area that I grew up in. Uh, and I just wanted to give people the insight of who I am as Kendrick Perkins, you know, uh, the 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 guy that's a husband to his wife um, since you know we've been together since the tenth grade high school four kids like I need the people to know that side. Perk in building a memoir, the collection of stories that you have to put together so people can truly get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Is there one that stands out for you, like that might have been more difficult to relay? One that people might not have known about before they read this book that really resonates with you is. That tells the real me. Well, well, it's more so about, you know, and and I'll say this. I had this conversation with my wife all the time, and we still haven't done it, um, about we need to figure out if something was to happen to us today, well, who would take custody of our four kids and put that in writing? Because I always say, like, I went to sleep so many nights crying and wishing that my mom was around or still here on earth or my dad was around uh, just to have that comfort. And no discredit to my grandparents. They did everything and more that they possibly could. And I'm and without them, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. Um, but it's just more so that part of the story 
is what made me who I am today. Uh, having to face that adversity, uh, having uh, not being able to have uh, shoes to fit my feet where my church shoes was my gym shoes and my gym shoes was my school shoes and my grandparents just couldn't afford it where they was reaching out to multiple people to try to get for help and try to say, man, he's growing too big. We can't afford his clothes. What do we buy his jeans from and things of that nature? So, you know, and how I went to Catholic school and how I didn't have to pay because my grandfather actually was the janitor of the church that we went to, our mother mercy. And they knew the situation that I was in. They didn't even charge me tuition all the way from elementary school. So it's that part of the story that I want people to dive into more to let them know, like, we have so many people that's going through adversity, so many people that's going through growing up without their parents, without their mother, without their father, but it's not the end of the world. Like, it's still people out there that love you, that's going to raise you, and you still could be the best version of yourself. Kendrick Perkins with the book, The Education of Kendrick Perkins, coming out tomorrow. A lot of great stories also in that book outside of what he was just sharing with us uh, on, right here on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Gabe Nigel, Courtney Cronin in for the guys. And Perk also, of course, an ESPN NBA analyst. And because we're in the middle of the season, Perk, doesn't matter if it's the All-Star break, news is always going to be happening. So Woj tweeting out today that Russell uh, Westbrook looks like he's going to be staying in L.A., after getting traded to Utah, got bought out there, and it looks like he's going to be heading to the Clippers. What do you think that does for the Clippers if, indeed, Westbrook ends up back in Los Angeles? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I strongly believe that a Russell Westbrook um, could bring more to the Clippers than a Reggie Jackson and a John Wall. Um, and I think Russ having Ty Lue as, as his coach is going to do wonders for him. Uh, Russ and Paul George already having a familiar relationship in Oklahoma. Paul George played arguably his best season of basketball playing alongside Russell Westbrook. Um, I think it's going to be great. And I think it's going to be great for Russ because he's actually going to have a coach that's proven that can actually look him in the eyes and challenge him. And Russ has no choice but to respect it. And I think that's what's going to be good for Russ. Also, on top of that, I think Russ knows this, right? He's auditioning right now. And I'm not talking about auditioning for another contract. I'm talking about he's auditioning to save the rest of his career. So he knows all eyes are on him across the league. Uh, and, 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 and guys want to know, can he be a guy that's not going to be one a headache in the locker room, two, go be able to buy into a lesser role, and three, go be a guy that you could put on the team that could actually be a championship contender. So right now he has an opportunity to show the world that he's capable of being that guy. And so I think it's going to help the Clippers. I think it's an upgrade from what they had. So with the West being wide open right now, with the depth the Clippers already got, this was a hell of a pickup by them. Perk, take me through the mind of an NBA veteran when you hear comments from Anthony Edwards yesterday at Media Day or two days ago in, at All-Star Weekend. He's talking about, you know, all the guys sitting, resting, quote, that's the one thing I don't probably don't like, just play, man. If you're 80%, you got to play. I don't like all the sitting, missing game stuff. 
How how does that sit with somebody? I mean, I know he's been playing for three seasons. These comments, if he does end up sitting on the back end of a back-to-back in a couple years, they will resurface. But for somebody who, you know, has had been in the NBA for a long time, when a, when a young guy says something like this, how does that impact the rest of the locker room and the vets in this league? Oh, oh, they hear you know, and they hear it, and they don't have nothing to do but respect it. Because the one thing about Anthony Edwards since he came into the league, he's been available, and his thing is, he holds himself accountable, and he holds himself to a high standard, and he actually have been delivering like. So guys can't do nothing but respect that. And when you him, you could tell it wasn't nothing that was forced. It was genuine. And he said it, and he was unapologetic about it. Like, And that's what you need. Like, you need these young guys to start speaking out more and being young leaders. And that's okay. Like, you never get too old to hear the truth. Like, I don't care how many years you've been spent in the league or how you may feel about him calling a lot of guys out. And they have old saying, a hit dog will holler. So the one that holler, he must be talking to you. Well, I love it because he didn't he didn't go and, and say, you know, to a reporter behind the scenes and say, oh, I'm going to say it, but don't say my name. No, he stood up there and he said it out of his mouth, and he meant every word of it, and I applaud him for that. Perk, we certainly appreciate the time, and best of luck on the book, which is being released tomorrow. All right, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, and The Education of Kendrick Perkins, memoir by NBA star media heavyweight Kendrick Perkins, comes out tomorrow, uh, and you can get more great stories from Perk through that book. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, who are the true contenders in the NBA? Courtney and I throw that back and forth. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel. She's Courtney Cronin as we fill in for the guys today. And ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Going to play a fun game here on Canty and Carlin. Don't know if it's ever been played on here before, but we're going to have fun. So the way it's going to work, Courtney, we're going to bring in our producer, Eric Hanman. And he is going to lob an alley-oop up to us. He's going to lob the alley, and the alley is going to be one of a few teams he's selected in the NBA who may or may not have an opportunity or a chance to win 
the championship this year. And it's up to us to either finish that oop by saying, yep, this team has a chance, or we just kind of let the ball sail you know, over our heads and out of bounds. And uh, you know, then that team doesn't have a chance to actually compete for the NBA Finals. Was that clear? You, yeah, I clear? think it made right. sense. I mean, right. usually, like either like you slam at home, or it, it's not a basket with an alley oop, <laughs> so it just banks off the backboard. So yeah, All it right. makes sense. All right, Eric's got a uh, list of teams, Eric. And where are we starting in this little fun game of alley oop? Well, just to give you the history of the alley oop, of course, it was created in the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl by uh, Jackie Moon's mother, uh, if you remember. But um, let's get tropical. That's let's get tropical right now. That's what we're doing right now. Let's start with the the team that just got the most new acquisition in the NBA, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers, expected to sign Russell Westbrook after his buyout with the Utah Jazz. They're currently thirty three and twenty eight. It's good for fourth in the West. Are you alley? Are you ooping the alley, Courtney? Yeah, I'll loop it. I'll definitely throw throw down the basket here. I. I appreciate what the Clippers did at the trade deadline, and I'll even say I go one step ahead, and I appreciate the acquisition of Russell Westbrook. I know some people are looking at this and scratching their heads and saying, you know, everything seems to be coming together at the right time for this team. Why are they putting Russell Westbrook into the mix when they're rounding into form? You know, it never hurts to have depth. It never hurts to have a quality player who, yeah, may be on the back end of his career, but he's got something to prove. We were talking with Kendrick Perkins earlier, and he had mentioned how Russ is not just auditioning for his next contract. He's auditioning for the next part of his career and how much longer he's going to be a viable NBA player. So adding him to a mix where a team – that does not have a traditional point guard playing the point, I think if you keep him in a backup role, at least for now, that's a good spot for him. And fortunately for this team, like they have a lockdown defense. At the end of games, that's what they rely on. There, there have been some frustrating losses for them, and I don't know what they need to do to stop getting obliterated in the second quarter of games. But figure those things out, and this is absolutely a playoff contender. Yeah, I think they're a contender as well. I'm going to finish the oop for the Clippers as well because I think Russ is just going to benefit from having a defined role. That's part of the Adrian Wojnarowski report of him going there after his buyout is finalized with the Utah Jazz. Of he's he, They're discussing a very specific role for him. When he was with the Lakers, he just didn't really know. I mean, okay, is he starting? Is he coming off the bench? The Lakers didn't really know what his role was. And I think the Clippers are going to have a better plan, and that's going to put them in, in contention in the Western Conference. All right, let's move on to the number one team in the Western Conference. That's the 41-18 and 18 Denver Nuggets, who, of course, have the back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic, who's having an even better season, some could argue, averaging a current triple-double. But the story for this team, I think, has been the return of Jamal Murray and his play. So, Gabe, are you ooping the alley of the uh, Nuggets being true contenders in the Western Conference after being bounced in the first round last year? No, they were bounced in the first round last year, semifinals the year before that. The only time they made the conference finals was in the bubble. It's hard to believe in this Nuggets team because we see it year in and year out that this is not a team that once you hit the postseason is built to play those teams you know, and win four games out of seven. I, I just think the Nuggets have kind of shown that they're a regular season team, and until they prove otherwise, I can't believe in them. No, I'm the same way. I'm definitely going to let this thing bounce off the backboard and out of bounds because, to Gabe's point, like this is not a team that's built for the conference finals or built to even get to the NBA finals. They've gotten there one time in the last, what, 
15, 20 years. Last time they, was th- they were there outside of the bubble year was the 08-09 season where they also faced the Lakers and lost to them in six. So as exciting, I don't even want to use that word, as great as it is for Nikola Jokic working on his third MVP, I'm sorry, and I'm not a basketball purist here, I think his game is boring. I don't think that it translates to the average fan who wants to see something a little bit more fast-paced. But, like, he's – this to me is very individualized basketball. Jamal Murray being back from injury, very good thing for this Nuggets team. I think they're running away with the number one seed in the West. That's fine, but that doesn't necessarily equate to them being a conference final sort of team. So I will say no on that one. All right, let's move on to a team that hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but they find themselves in the top three in the Western Conference. That's the Sacramento Kings at 32, 32 and 25. They haven't made the playoffs since 2006, back when Steve Nash had won an MVP. Uh, Courtney, are you ooping the alley on the Sacramento Kings? If I'm allowed to oop it to say that they're a play-in tournament team. Is that fair? Can I do that? I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It's a weak, it's not like an emphatic oop, but it's, they're not it's cont- an oop. If you're asking me, are they like legit playoff contenders? The answer is no. Are they going to be in the postseason? Probably via the play-in ter- tournament. I know right now they're third in the West. It feels a little fraudulent for my liking. And this is a team that, you know, in the second half of games, they just come out and smoke opponents. They did it throughout the first half. They're arguably the best fourth quarter team in basketball. We have not really given them a nod like that. I don't know, ever. Uh, maybe, maybe since before I started paying attention to the Sacramento Kings. But it's, um, you know, the, this rests on the type of season that De'Aaron Fox is having in the second half. Like that's, he will, they will go as far as he goes. Uh, yeah, the no. This is this is a young fun team that scores a ton of points, and that makes them fun to watch. But ultimately, when they're facing up against the Suns in the postseason, do I think that they're going to beat the Suns? No, they just don't have that type of star power quite yet. You don't get to not make the playoffs for decades at a time and then suddenly become championship contenders. There are steps to this. They have been a fun team to watch. They're certainly a fun story, even though they haven't been getting the attention they probably deserve. But they're probably not getting that attention because they're not going to be a team at the end that I believe is going to be standing there with an opportunity to go to the finals and, and playing in the Western Conference Finals. So, no, I am going to say uh, no and not finish the oop on this one. All right, last one here for you guys. Um, let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference. Currently third, 38-19. in 19. Although right before the All-Star game, Joel Embiid said he wasn't healthy but played 28 minutes and scored 32 points. Either way, Gabe, Sixers, you oop in the alley on them being a true contender in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're one of three teams to me that can compete in the Eastern Conference. It's them, the Celtics, and Bucks, and, and they would probably need an absolute monster series against one of those two teams from Joel Embiid, so this kind of hinges on him and that foot actually being healthy and remaining healthy for the final portion of the season into the postseason, but he's that type of player where, yeah, they're not the favorites, but I think that they're one of the three teams that can come out of the East and represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals. They're healthy, too. Outside of Joel Embiid, like, you know, James Harden, healthy. Tyrese Maxey, healthy. And even with Embiid not being at full health, they've still won 26 of their last 33 games. Just rest your foot, man. Like, don't do stupid things. I know it's all in hindsight now, like playing in the All-Star game and playing, like, considerable minutes in the All-Star game. Not what I would have done, but 
putting him in that situation to let him get some rest, whether it's load management, whether it's not playing a couple games here and there to make sure he's preserved and healthy for the postseason, it's the Bucks, it's the Celtics, and it's the Sixers. To me, that's it in the East. Coming up next here on Canty Carlin on ESPN Radio, did Eric Bieniemy make the right decision to go from Kansas City to Washington? We'll talk about that right here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I think that Eric Bieniemy also recognized that maybe it was time for him to move on. I don't hear many of his players come out talking about how great he is. They, they give him cursory like compliments or whatnot, but I don't ever hear anybody say that this team could work because of him. Life has never been fair. Has it been fair to Eric Bieniemy so far trying to get a job as a head coach? No, but hopefully he can be successful in Washington and he'll finally get an opportunity to become a head coach. Not often you see an offensive coordinator become another offensive coordinator, leaving a team that's won championships to one that's trying to build their way to that. But that's what we have with Eric Bieniemy. It's Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I'm Gabe Neitzel. She's Courtney Cronin. As we fill in for the guys today at ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, there is a pay raise that's going to be involved with Bienemy, and he is going to have slightly a different title, according to Adam Schefter, who reported this a couple of days ago, Courtney. But to me, this is pretty cut and dry as to why Eric Bienemy would leave Kansas City. To me, it, it screams from the outside that this dude wants to be a head coach. And anytime he gets those opportunities, he hasn't gotten them. And at least on the outside, I don't know if this is the feedback that he gets from the teams that he actually goes and interviews for, the feedback from the outside seems to be, well, he's not the primary play caller. That's all Andy Reid. Andy Reid calls the plays. He's the offensive genius. Bienemy's just kind of there. So in order to get a head coaching opportunity, as unfair as it seems, it seems that he has come to the realization that he has to break away from that shadow and show that he can have success as the primary play caller, which is what he is going to be in Washington. Yeah, and that's and the, the assistant head coach role, too, tied to his title, I think is a big deal just because having that in your title you can't really take a step back from there. If you're Eric Bieniemy. like you have to be going all in towards becoming a head coach next. And there are people who say, well, you know, he didn't call plays. Like how much of the offense is he really? 
Nathaniel Hackett did not call plays in Green Bay, yet got a job in Denver in large part because that organization thought he could lure Aaron Rodgers with him to the Broncos last season. There are people who have gotten bigger jobs for far less, far you know, far less qualifications than Eric Bieniemy already has. So while it's unfortunate that he had to go this route, jumping through more hoops than other people who have gotten jobs at the head coaching level after winning Super Bowls. He's now won two in the last four seasons as the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. This, unfortunately, is the route he's going to have to go to be able to get considered on a realistic basis for a head coaching opportunity. I think that that's the thing that frustrates people when they look at this. He's interviewed for, what, 16 head coach opportunities, and he hasn't gotten one. And I just... The thing that bothers me the most is that you have people regurgitating, oh, he doesn't interview well, he doesn't interview well. How do you know that? Were you in the room? Were you there listening to him interview? Like, I just don't understand that excuse that seems so convenient for people to turn to when, in actuality, his work does speak for itself, and oftentimes that, you know, is what people want to focus on more than how someone interviews. Well, and how many of these guys that have interviewed, well, you bring up the example last year out in Denver um, with Nathaniel Hackett, I'm assuming he interviewed well. I'm assuming that that's, you know, during his interview process, he did something at some point, I think that's a fair assumption, to impress the people in charge of the Denver Broncos franchise. And that ended poorly. How many of these guys that interview well end up just flaming out in the NFL? It's, it's just such a strange process to me because you go through the interview process for something that, in, in, in fairness, being has never been a head coach in, in the NFL, so it's tough to prove that you'd be a head coach. And sometimes the guys that interview well aren't the ones that then can make those connections with the players and be a good coach. And he has proven that he can be a good coach. The people within the organization step up and they stump for him and they say that he should be able to get these opportunities that has fallen on deaf ears at this point. So, it, I mean, I feel for him a little bit because he's, he's going from an organization from, you know, the penthouse of we've won a couple of championships now with the Kansas City Chiefs to a different spot in Washington, a franchise that has struggled, has had plenty of issues on and off the field, but this is what he feels he has to do in order to get that next opportunity. And to me, this has to have been some of the feedback he's received is, hey, you haven't called plays before. All right, you want me to call plays? Fine. I'll finally go and call plays. That, yeah. That's to me what's happening. Because there's nothing left to, for debate then. Like either the offense succeeds or it fails under Eric Bieniemy in in Washington he's going to have vastly different circumstances p- coaching there than he would have had with the Kansas City Chiefs but if he succeeds there there's nothing left at that point for anyone to debate about whether he deserves an opportunity coming up next did All-Star Weekend madden you like it did Stephen A we'll react to his take on All-Star Weekend coming up next Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio and the ESPN app Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.